Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes. Jackson, full transparency today for Transparency and Media here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis, Acura, Alton, Toyota. I want this one today. Oh. Yeah, you're surprised to hear it, aren't you? Well, I think we all want this one. No, but I really want this one. There you go. What I want is the following. I'm in a deep dive mood. I just need somebody. And maybe it's you. Maybe it's you, the listener, to spark that fire and we go diving. I like going diving. All right. So I don't know if you got something. I'm not going into a Western Conference preview. We all know it's the Lake Show's year. Yeah, I guess guess we're not going to talk about the Clippers front court, but... Ivan Zubak's going to be mad. He will be mad. He'll be furious. Yeah, big Z. But, uh, yeah, I'm in a deep dive mood, so text him in. Uh, text him into uh, the Air Comfort Service text line, as a matter of fact, Friends of the Feather, 314-399-9646. Anything. And here's the thing. I'm comfortable going into the dirty areas. Oh, yeah. I'll muck. I'll grind. I'll Your get, plumber's plumb. I'll get greasy. I will. So, let's go. I, whatever. Bring it. And I, we don't have a prize today, do we? We do not. I'll Venmo you $20. That's a square deal. Isn't that fair? I'd, I'd say so. Okay. I really will, too. You know I will. Oh, I've, yeah. I've that seen Venmo's you do it. active. Absolutely. Uh, so there you go. I'm in, I'm in that mood. I just want to go. Yeah. And then you and I are going to do uh, the Tim McCurney Show podcast following this presentation, third show of the day, yep. following Balloon Party. And if you want to go something that is not sports-related... And we talk about everything on that. Yeah, we do. Uh, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. You can also send your hate mail there, too. T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N at InsideSTL.com. You know, I'm used to uh, peeking up and seeing Dan Orlowski uh, taking a position he doesn't believe in for salary. But today, I see Roger Goodell up there, and I said to Jackson, is this a new report? Is this an old report? Is this a new report? Because Roger Goodell is being interviewed on the set of ESPN, uh, their WWE theater show, and he's being cross-examined by Stephen A. Smith as if he's Jack Nicholson and Stephen A. is Tom Cruise. And uh, defending the position that just came out this morning that the NFLPA is demanding that all stadiums in the NFL go from turf or field turf to natural grass. And I said this to you, Jackson, right before we started our show. And you began to pound the table like we were in Parliament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I despise turf fields. I think it looks terrible. And it's <clears throat> you hear any NFL player, they'll tell you it's brutal on the body. You can't get your footing right. And if you're not playing on it week in and week out, 
it can really be dangerous. I mean, there's plenty of data to support that. So you don't think this is a prisoner of the moment overreaction to Aaron Rodgers 48 hours ago? Not at all, because I've been saying it. I remember asking a question about it in one of my little piddles, this and that or this or the other. For, I don't recall this and that. I recall half and halves, sports business Yeah. All newsletters presented to you by the Angry Beaver. Weekend wrap-ups yeah. and six-shooters. Yeah, all those. I've never, heard, I've never been in for the this and that. It's, it's, as of recent, I feel like I've been doing a lot more of this and thatting. But, yeah, I've been saying it forever. And NFL players have been saying it for a long time, too, man. It's, it's It can be so dangerous. And I, li- I personally just like the aesthetics of the grass. Oh, yeah. It looks way better. Like, it does. Like, you can, t- there you can tell the difference. That thing that the Rams lit on fire one day. <laughs> Brutal. Where Missouri will host Memphis in front of 75,000 next Saturday, give or take 50, was the turf equivalent of my skull. Tough to look at. Tough to look at. Touch lopsided? No, it wasn't lopsided. Why are you saying that, bro? Well, just drawing parallels. We're trying to. But what about the turf was lopsided? Well, after was it the, tough to look at? Yeah. After the fire. Yeah, were, maybe it was lopsided there in that one particular spot. It was a little lopsided. Hey, uh, delay in St. Louis. Rams turf is on fire. Yeah. How'd that happen? Well, it's their own pyrotechnics. Oh. But it's the fans' fault that the operation is in disarray. So uh, I asked Jackson before the show also, how would that impact domes and stadiums that... And you said you can have grass and domes. Yeah, Cardinals and Raiders both have... Uh, Grass, national now with, grass. With, I've been to that stadium. Was there for Missouri taking on uh, Memphis? Yeah. Marcus Denman from three quarters court. So awesome, Mizzou monster. Sweet sixteen, Mizzou monster. Then they lost to uh, the beat and UConn and Jimmy Calhoun and, and UConn. Um, but they slide the grass out and then they slide the grass in. Ah, yes, yes. grass. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if they're doing that in Las Vegas. Is that what they're doing there? Uh, a brand new stadium, I would think. I saw a video of Real Madrid, obviously Madrid, Spain, and how they change for a concert. And they take the grass is all split up into like eight vertical strips and they drop it down below the stadium. And then there's like a pulley system that pulls all of them and drops them all on top of each other. And then they slide real flooring under uh, on, t- on the surface wow, above. Oh, how about that? And so I would think that's the future because just being inside is not a barrier to it. It's 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 a cost saving measure. Why else would you have turf in twenty twenty three? Can they do that down at the dome in downtown St. Louis, or is that mitigated by yeah. having RC? Well, yeah, the RC cola was a thing. Uh, I don't know if the ROI would be there based on. I would actually think the ROI would be better just put dirt in there for monster truck rallies. Just on I-70. Yeah. Actually, that would probably just tip it over. There are a number of buildings that are available. Yeah. Yeah, you could honestly tip it over and knock over buildings and kill two birds with one stone. Uh, I would understand this argument if douchebag Rogers' injury was non-contact, but it wasn't. Do I like turf? No. But if that tackle on Rogers is on grass, he's still hurt. That's from UPS Tony. That might be the case, but I got some hard data if you'd like it, Tim. Oh, wow. I know you're a fan of hard data. Yeah, this show just really isn't one that utilizes it, so I'm alarmed. So this data is pulled from 2012 to 2018. It's based on NFL injury data. Okay. 
Specifically, players have a 28% higher rate of non-contact lower extremity injuries when playing on artificial turf. Of those non-contact injuries, players have a 32% higher rate of non-contact knee injuries on turf and a staggering 69% higher rate of non-contact foot slash ankle injuries on turf compared to grass. Wow. I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's damning. And again, aesthetically, it just doesn't look... Like, watch a game on Lambeau Field and then watch a game at the Meadowlands. Or, I'm sorry, uh, MetLife Stadium. Like, it's just a, it's a whole different ballgame. Wow, Jackson. Look at you, counselor. I, I just think it Call looks... Call me impressed. Uh, to me, football is such a big pageantry sport, especially when you get into college football. And playing on turf, I mean, I, we talked about this before the show, that career show on turf, literally, turf, looked so bad. It looks like cement that's painted green. Well, when they were winning, it was the like Bush Stadium, Ozzie Smith, Willie McGee kind of turf. Mm-hmm. The thing that they lit on fire. Yeah, that was like the more synthetic grass right, kind of turf. Right, And that was rough. Yeah. Rough. But it was made up for by the pageantry surrounding the building. Yeah. Oh, God, so much. And turf gets so hot, like dangerously hot. And there's obviously the carcinogens. And then if you light it on fire, it gets hotter. Ah, goodness. What a scene that was. <laughs> And I was there for every damn game. What a waste of my time. (laughs) That's Jackson having a moment of self-realization. My name is Tim McKernan, and this program is called Balloon Party. It's driven by Munganess St. Louis Acura. Jackson has a half and half today. It's presented to you by the Angry Beaver. But I am wanting, nay, demanding a deep dive. I understand we've got mic drops. We've got Adam Wainwright fresh off an appearance on the opening drive after getting win 199. Personally, I think the show could go eight hours today. I really do. I think it should. But it can't. Ah, We have a hard out at 11 o'clock. BK and Ferrari will come your way for three hours, then the fast lane from two to six. Jackson and I will go in uh, to do QFTA questions from the audience on the Tim McKernan Show podcast, and anything and everything goes there. That's where uh, it's just not necessarily uh, limited to uh, uh, it's uh, any sports topic. It could be anything, but it can include sports topics. You can email in anything there. T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N at InsideSTL.com. Submit your deep dive. And if I use it, I'm just Venmoing you $20. It seems like a square deal to yeah, me. it is. I mean, it's just the way it's going to go. Uh, send that in to 314-399-9646. I will take a look through the texts during this commercial break, and then we will come back with Balloon Party here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party. It's 101 ESPN. The 101 ESPN YouTube standoff continues day four because it started over the weekend. Poor Mike Ryder on YouTube customer service call. Oof. Oof. I wonder what dollar figure you'd have to give me to do that. So the standoff continues. Jackson's wearing a hoodie. It says Run TMA. Some people think that's a takeoff of Run DMC. It's not. It's a coincidence. And then also a St. Louis powder blue t-shirt with red lettering that says the morning after. I am simply wearing gray. Yeah, but it's good looking. I call it charcoal. Oh, maybe slate. It might be a slate gray. Yeah, it sounds much better than I'm just wearing gray. Uh, we're looking for your deep dive requests and got a lot of them. Jackson was a fan of some of them. You were uh, going through them during our commercial break, and I'm just going to Venmo somebody $20. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I don't have a prize today, but if you contribute something that, that gets me going, because I just know I need, you got to spark the fire, you got to spark the fire, yeah. then okay. 
you know what? You got to get something. You should get something. Sure. Twenty dollars. Here you go. And then you just text in your Venmo, and I'll send it to you. And that's essentially my golf gambling fund. So I'll take twenty dollars out of the golf gambling fund and sure. and send it your way. Uh, we got a mic drop. I understand. Maybe this will spark a conversation. I would think it would. I mean, it's uh, we got passion on the uh, mic drop. Huh? One ninety nine, baby. Something to play for. Here we go. Stop it. The only reason you won is because the guy with the glasses, who you'll probably DFA in a week, closed his eyes and hit two home runs. Let Wainwright DH for himself. In fact, why don't you DH him for Arenado? He has no home runs in September and two RBIs, and he can barely hit the ball. Why don't you trade him? In fact, you're playing for nothing because you guys suck. I'm sick of it. At least get Wado 200 wins, okay? And another thing, anybody who's a Chiefs fan can go pound sand. I'm sick of this crap. I don't want you at any Blues games. I don't want you at the Cardinals games. I don't want you at the Doggies games. Go to Kansas City. In fact, I don't want you root for the Tigers. You root for the Jayhawks because you're a bunch of asshats. Tired of it. Wow. Passion. Two topics in in one mic drop from Steve. That was Steve, right? That was Steve. Yes, sir. My deduction was just based on pattern of past practices, it's called, in the field. Yeah, nice alliteration, too. All right. uh, here Here are the three that I will give you and Jackson... You captain the ship. You're cool. wearing the C on your sweater. Nice. Do you know what that means? Uh, yeah, you're the captain of the team. I don't know what duties that gives you. Uh, means if you usually have dark brown hair, you now have red hair, essentially. Uh, okay. I'm I just like, I, I know like that you're the leader of the team, but like, does it give you like, because I know in some sports, like the captain's the only one who can talk to the refs and stuff like that. Perfect. Wonderful. Here you go. All right. Uh, Stephen Wildwood brings up the, because this was asked about last week, uh, the Chiefs fans in St. Louis thing um, bothers you mm-hmm. bad. Right. Local news is leading with the Chiefs like they are a St. Louis franchise that irritates people. Sure. Some people. I don't want to say it irritates everyone. I don't think that's the case. Uh, second one, I feel like this is more QFTA. I'll go into it because we actually were discussing it when we were playing at Norwood the other day. Uh, my poker career, how I did, and why I stopped. And then finally, you read this one. I don't, I don't see it in here, uh, but the uh, one about, what was it? Here, I got gotcha. you. With all the sports takery, how does somebody who's in, what, are you, you got it? Are yeah, I do. Go I do. I don't, with so I don't much, have to stumble through it. Go ahead. <laughs> with so much media noise out there, podcasts, YouTube channels, etc., without being a takesmith, what advice would you give someone trying to find their voice in media and build an audience? Let me ask you this just real quickly, and then you can make the decision. Who, who just in general would you consider in media at the moment, sports media specifically, that is having success beyond a local market, so therefore put on a national stage. And they can do that themselves with podcasts. Yeah, podcasts yeah. is to sports broadcasting what OnlyFans is to our friends in the San Fernando Valley. Is there anybody that comes to mind that is not, not a, a takesmith? Dan Patrick. Okay. Bill Simmons. But even then can get a little smithy. 
But yeah, those. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would, I would, I would. I mean, I think Dan Patrick's more grandfathered in from the Sports Center era. Yeah. Bill Simmons would be a good one. Yeah. But Bill Simmons is so much bigger than just his podcast, right? Which I really do sports en- enjoy when I do get a chance to listen to it. Yeah. Um, all due respect, I, I usually fast forward through association talk. It's not because I hate the association; it's just not my interest, and I only have so much time to consume. Off-season association talk can get a little monotonous. Oh I'm, wow! Look at you! I'll be the first to admit an olive branch to the balloon party audience. Yeah. All right, those are our topics, Jackson. You're wearing the C on your sweater. What are you going with? You do it, and I'll follow. I feel like the meat that's on the bone is juicier with the with the latter question, with the final question we had there, the tertiary question about. Uh, building an audience without being a take. How does tertiary apply there? Didn't we name three? Yeah. That would be the third. Okay, perfect. All right, here we go. My suggestion is the following. Only talk about that which you know and are passionate about. And I can really kind of end it there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I, I find that what the industry at the moment, and I'm curious what it'll look like in five years because it'll certainly change. I mean, it's changing now, not necessarily because of customer demands, but because of the dollars available. I mean, the lead story over the last 10 days up until Monday Night Football was what was going on between, in sports, I think, outside of the actual games themselves, was what was going on with Charter and yeah, Disney. Right. So therefore, a smaller pool of dollars are available with even more people competing for those dollars because of the advent of podcasts. And so what I think you have found, what I personally find, are people who don't necessarily know or really care about the topic they're talking about, but then having to act like they're really emotionally excited or devastated or angry about the topic for reaction to justify their paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, a compadre of mine auditioned at ESPN probably about a decade ago, and um, they presented a topic, and he goes, well, I can see it both ways. You have this, that, and they go, no, no, you have to take a stand. And then, so right. it becomes like high school debate class. Yeah, right, exactly. And so... What then that does, and I think this goes on, I certainly think this goes goes on probably exponentially more um, in politics. Yeah. And I suppose entertainment, and by entertainment I mean like, you know, who's Doja Cat with, uh, that you're, you're just acting. Yeah. That's why I call this thing, where Roger Goodell is currently looking to be anyway, just based on the, the, the physical tells, it's a serious interview with Stephen A. Smith. Um, you're you're acting. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that they're in the moral wrong. I'm never going to say anything about anybody's morals, especially I'm I'm candidly a, a pervert. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with 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 regards to what the industry is, I think it's unfortunate because what it does is it shapes the public's mind on topics. And it's not necessarily done in good faith. Mm-hmm. And that is what irritates me. And then taking it to another level, uh, I think a lot of it is done for what is called engagement on social media. But engagement doesn't necessarily lead to dollars, but it becomes kind of a management talking point at corporate levels uh, throughout media 
in 2000, for example, going back to 2000, I know you were two years old at the time and I was only 23 at the time, but the, you had the presidential election and that was the advent of the, the word blog. And I'm mm-hmm. sure it was around before then, but that's when it entered the mainstream. And so in the television, I was at KMOV at the time, they all said, oh, now you guys got to start blogging. I'm like, well, I, I'm, you know, a television anchor and reporter. I didn't sign up to blog. I guess, right. you know, I'm 23. I probably don't have much leverage, so I suppose I'll play along. But there wasn't really a plan for it. It's just like, oh, they're doing it, so we need to do it. Right. And then you have people now writing when they don't really have anything to say. And so you're creating crap to talk about to try to get clicks, because if you're not getting clicks, then theoretically you're not doing your job and now you might lose your job. And so I think that's what media has become more of. But now, as opposed to the clicks on a blog, it's the likes on a social media post, i.e. engagement. But again, a sliver of that will have to do with actual impact on a company's bottom line. Instead, it exposes people to saying things that oftentimes can get them in trouble because they're trying to be as attention-seeking as possible. And so what do you do? You then say the most asinine thing you can because if you go, yeah, the Cardinal situation's tough because they got two aging veterans but they're probably farther away from winning a championship than they're closer to it and they're also dealing with a television situation that impacts 60 million dollars of their revenue so they're really in a really rough spot and they've done a great job for the last 22 years maybe it's time for them to pivot off that what's that that's not going to work mm-hmm. what you do is you either say they're cheap they suck they're lazy, right? You know, and, and that's so. So, but, but to me, it's disingenuous because that's what's going to get you attention, and so that you can keep holding on to the scraps that fall off the table from the profits of the corporation. And I understand that. Hey, business is business, and I'm all for uh, profit and black numbers. But I'm not for disinformation. I'm not for people acting like they care about something just to hold on to the scraps from the table and, and get attention when in reality, you know, anybody can scream. And, uh, and I'm pro-critical thought. Yeah. And I think, if anything, that is left by the wayside when you're talking about social media or what is the business model that is act like you're angry yeah. or act like you're really happy when, you know, like what Stephen A. Smith does with the Dallas Cowboys. Again, I mean, it's all parody. But I guess what I feel like is I'm the guy in the early 1980s going, hey, WWF isn't real. And people go, what are you talking about? And now it's like, okay, in 2023, I'm going, hey, a lot of what you're watching in sports media, what you're listening to in sports media isn't real. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, but, but I'm on the inside, so I know it's not. Yeah. These are actors. What you're watching on political television is not real. These are actors. You can't possibly be in lockstep with an individual or a political party on every single topic if you have any form of critical thought. It's not realistic. But that's the game. Essentially, it becomes sports. It becomes team versus team. And it would be benign. It would be harmless if it didn't have actual impact on people's lives. And I suppose for the most part, it doesn't when it comes to sports, it has actual impact on the organization's lives and people will justify it by saying, well, they make millions of dollars. So that's just the price they pay. And, and maybe that's how you can rationalize making crap up about people or attacking people from a burner account. Um, but personally, I think it's, it's, it's just not something that I'm comfortable with. And I, again, want to make it clear once again, second time I'm saying it in the segment, 
I am a pervert. I'm a godless pervert. I'm a heathen boy. Heathen. I was going to say Thank you. Yeah. Thank heathen. you. Thank you. So I'm on no moral high ground. Yeah. But just with regards to what I see and what this person texted in to ask for the deep dive, and I got to Venmo this uh, person $20, is I think there will be a correction in the market that the Takesmith industry will be exposed and it will, I don't know if it'll go away so much as it will just not be as handsomely rewarded as it has been. Because unless I'm off the mark, when you take out the the Al Michaels, Joe Buck caliber play-by-play people, the people who are making the most in sports media, I'm thinking of two names, are... Stephen A. Smith and... Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's kind of like yeah, I, I got uh, no further questions, Your Honor. Right. That's it. Right. So that's what's being rewarded. Yeah. So then what do you do if you want to make that money? Then you follow that lead. Right. But inevitably, there will be a new frontier and somebody will blaze that trail. And I would love the trail to be blazed with nuance and critical thought. But in reality, I have no hope for that actually being that which is rewarded. Um, and I understand it also. Yeah. It's social media culture. And uh, nuance cannot be captivated. Perhaps maybe it's not even all that interesting in an Instagram post or a, a tweet or an X. So scream. Sure. Take your position even if you don't believe in it and hope that you get a big contract or that you get, you know, some gambling firm to throw money behind your show and you can go do that. But I just, per- I personally... Again, I think I may have said this earlier in the segment. I'm a godless, perverted heathen. Yeah. Did I say that? I yeah. did say it. Yep. Now yep. this is the third time. My not on moral high ground. I'm just saying I think it's it's something that I personally am not comfortable with because I would be lying to the audience, and I hold that as essentially the first commandment of the business. Your thoughts are welcome. 314-399-9646. This is Balloon Party Driven by Munganast on St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. What on ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Serendipity. Serendipity. Was that a wonderful film with the great John Cusack? Heard of it, never seen it. Uh, Serendipity, Jackson. Do you know what it means? I know like people say the word serendipitous. I think they say serendipity more often. I don't know, but I don't know. I don't. I couldn't give you like a Webster's definition. The occurrence and development of events by chance in a happier, beneficial way. Huh. That is the definition. What? As we were restarting the segment, fresh off of the everything or a lot of the things you consume in media is essentially the 2023 version of what was called the World Wrestling Federation, now WWE. Right. In other words, an act sports entertainment mm-hmm. on the far right com- uh, monitor here in in the 101 ESPN studios the graphic across the bottom of the screen with Chris Mad Dog Russo and Stephen A. Smith 
and I can't see who else is all out there standing. The graphic was, what are you? And then in graffiti, big red letters, mad about today. And they went around, and now Stephen A. Smith is screaming and pointing at the camera. And that is, now, I realize that these are, and Russo makes a bunch of money too. I don't know if he makes as much as those guys. I mean, hey, good for them for making money. Yeah. God bless America. Right. I'm all for it. But what I'm not for is when people start to believe things that aren't true. And that is what the theater of the business has become. Yeah, there it is. Now you see it again. They're back up to what are you mad about? Yeah. Exclamation points. And... God, it's just awful. Um, I, I like this text that came in. Um, I, I find that this is from the 636. I find that when radio slash podcast personalities talk about subjects they enjoy rather than what gives them more viewers. The shows are so much more sincere and enjoyable. National sports media shows are much worse about this than local ones. That's from the 636. So along those lines, I agree with I agree with it, which is probably why I enjoy the text, but I, I enjoy texts that don't agree with where I'm coming from, too. Uh, but I, I agree with that. I think the national sports ones are tough because if you got into sports media... Odds are, it, not odds are, it's almost a certainty, you are a fan of a team that, right. of course, had to be a local team, unless you're just a big Team USA guy. Right. You know? Rob Lowe at the NFL game wearing Perfect. the NFL hat. <laughs> That's a nice example, actually. Uh, and so you have, so when I had opportunities to, to work outside of St. Louis, whether it be Denver or New York, I remember one of the things I was thinking was, God, I'm going to be ad-libbing over Nets and Rangers and Islanders highlights, and I'd be going to Jets camp. Yeah, The Jets weren't exactly, I didn't realize that they've had a rough 48 hours, but, you know, 72 hours ago, you'd be like, Jets camp, that'd be great. Right. And I'm just like, I don't care about that. That's not what I'm a fan. I'm a fan of St. Louis. That's why I got into this. I'm a fan of the St. Louis guy. I'm not saying that for likes, trust me. Uh, but I'm a fan of the, the Cardinals and Blues and Missouri in particular, because when I was growing up, the Rams weren't around. Yeah. And then I became a Rams fan. That's what I was a fan of. And now I cheer for a team that's wearing what's called city red and might be pink. But a, but a year ago, I would have told you I have no interest in sitting around and watching an MLS game on a Saturday night. Now I'm doing it. Why St. Louis? So that's where I'm coming from. So then if you get a national media job, you might be in a spot where you're talking about something you don't either know that much about or care that much about. And that's fine, and that's understandable. But then acting like you're really angry about it, hey, maybe you're easily irritated. I don't know. Uh, but I do think that there is something uh, something there to that text, and I appreciate it. Uh, I've missed you guys. Yes, even you, Piddles. Uh, that's from the 618. What? How about that? Yeah, I don't. But that was kind of like a backhanded. Would that be serendipitous? No. Okay. Backhanded, I think, was accurate, though. Backhanded was right on target. By week's end, I'm going to use serendipity or serendipitous in the right context. So that we can enter that into predictionary. Yeah, I will. How about the, this is just a brief aside, since the Cardinals beat the Orioles last night, Adam Wainwright win 199, and we're going to have a clip from his appearance on opening uh, the opening drive. Um, Rocky, we're on at the same time. Uh, doing TMA, but I always text Rocky. I said, hey, can you pull a couple clips from the interview that Wainwright's on? Because Wainwright's always just going to tell you exactly what he thinks. Plenty of people might disagree with what he thinks, but he's going to tell you what he thinks. Mm-hmm. And uh, oftentimes it's it's coming from a, a very optimistic place. Hell, every time, perhaps. But uh, Rocky said uh, he said something regarding last night's game that that really stands out. So we'll play that in one second. But I think Doug Vaughn said on TMA this morning, who would ever thought the Orioles would be sitting there with 91 or so wins? This program, now we didn't think 91 wins. No. But I do recall at the beginning of the season, if there was a team that we were taking the over on the win total, 
it was the Baltimore Orioles. I honestly don't recall who I was on the under on on the win total. I can't remember. Might have been Dodgers. I don't know. It might have been Dodgers. I don't know. I can't remember. That would have been on my old phone. I know my under this year was the Jets, and that was, I mean, certainly now it looks good, even though they won a difficult game. undefeated mood over here. Uh, But... uh, I just wish I was just shorting the hype. Yeah. I tend to short the team that was on hard knocks. That's one of my gambling philosophies. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I bet I did see this with the Orioles. And you do watch that. And uh, was sitting up at Three Kings, Jackson, with my son. Good uh, chicken wings. Uh, that's what we were having. Yeah. Wings and fries last night. And the game was on. And I found that it was the first time, and I don't know how long, that I was emotionally invested in a Cardinal game. Because I'm like, man, I would love to see Wainwright get 200. Mm-hmm. Does it mean a thing to this team this year? Absolutely not, as far as what the team is going to do. Sure. They had 81 losses. It ain't happening. Uh, here's what Adam Wainwright had to say with that win and uh, meant to him. <laughs> Probably all of those emotions. Um, you know, my wife was here, and we got back to the room last night, and I was just grinning, and she goes, what, what are you grinning about? Just the game? And I said... I think that's one of my favorite wins of my whole career. And she just started laughing. She goes, me too, me too. And I I think it's not that, you know, I pitched my best game, whatever, but I I did pitch better. I had better stuff, but that's a great team over there, by the way. But I think it was just, you know, it had been, what, 11 starts or something since I had won a game and, um, playing against a great team like that, you know, being my age and the way the season's gone, to know that you could still compete against a great team and in their place, you know, and um, it's just a lot of different reasons. But um, it was one of my favorites, man. I, I loved it. I loved that winning that game and getting those hugs after the game. It's a special time. Adam Wainwright this morning on the opening drive with Randy Carricker, Kerry Davis, Brooke Kip Grimsley, and uh, Matt Rocchio. I'm sure that this has been a living hell for him. Yeah. A living hell for him. Um, And I would be happy, as I would imagine the vast majority of Cardinal fans would be, if he could get to 200. I don't hold the contract that he has this year against him. Mm -hmm. I actually don't hold it against the Cardinals. And I'll be happy, as I have throughout my time working in St. Louis sports, to call attention to things that I think are a mistake uh, before they're even a mistake sometimes. And I'm wrong plenty of times, but I don't fault the Cardinals at all for bringing Adam Wainwright back last year. I just don't. I don't fault Adam Wainwright for wanting to come back last year. Uh, if he wants to pitch, and he was successful last year up until the final month of the season, that made sense, especially considering a team had the pitching situation that they had, that most of us, I believe, are going, what the hell did they do this offseason with pitching? They left themselves exposed to exactly what wound up playing out. We were having that conversation at spring training this year. Um, so I would love to see him get 200, and I know he's emotionally invested in it. I gather he'll get three. It's two maybe. or three. 16 games left. So well, I think it could be three or four, then more than two, and he's going to get three. All right. You, you don't. I don't know how. Well, just based on how many games they have left, they'd have to pitch them on short rest if they're going to want to get four in there. Yeah. Well, I don't think it'll necessarily be short rest. They just might have to skip someone. Yeah. That with off sure. days. Yeah. Um, yeah. I and I think the team. You saw the way that that game was managed. 
and I haven't watched the way a Cardinal game has been managed in a while, being real honest <laughs> with you. Um, that was uh, that's uh, this is a best of seven. Yeah. Let's get this thing. Yeah, gotta get this one right. Yeah. So um, Adam Wainwright gets one ninety nine, and he will have at least a couple more starts to try to get two hundred before this season mercifully comes to an end. Uh, my real straightforward thought on the whole thing is I can't wait to see what happens in November December. Yeah, that's going to be the real season. Can't wait to see what happens in November and December. Uh, your thoughts are welcome. You can text in three one four three nine 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 six four six. You're listening to Balloon Party on one hundred one ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party. It's driven by Mungan S. St. Louis Zach, your Alton Toyota. Jackson, we monitor numbers on this program very closely, as you know. We do. This was sent to me during the commercial break by a gentleman named Tyler Roper. Tyler. DM'd it to me. Tyler. Tyler. DM'd it to me on the Twitter tweets. All right. I'd like to hear it. Heretofore known as X. Few early lopsided week three CFB sides at uh, in Las Vegas. 93% of bets, and this is the highest one, okay. on Kansas State minus four and a half. Yeah. You starting, you starting to feel a little something special coming in Columbia when you hear that? No. Really? I mean, I, I'm just—it's that number's so confusing to me. The number's just—but it's a—I I also would also understand like it's a road game for Kansas State and Missouri supposedly has a really good defense, so it should be a one-score game. Here, uh, this is another little gambling tenant because I actually do get people asking about the gambling philosophy. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, hell, if you know, there wasn't any interest in it, I wouldn't talk about it. Kind of like golf, you know? Like, I like golf. I got to talk about golf all that much, as I said. Got the poker question. I can talk about it, but I don't know how much interest is there. Gambling thing has a larger, larger reach. If you had a spread like this in the NFL, I would be going, I, I would probably wager a healthy amount for me mm-hmm. on the opposite team. In college, it doesn't necessarily work this way as much. But as weird as this may sound to try to explain what I'm saying, uh, perhaps more effectively, it's this. As a Missouri fan, I'm coming at this from a Missouri fan perspective. I'm sure there's some people who are K-State fans who are listening to this show with it being relatively close to St. Louis. Um, that if Kansas State were favored by seven to nine points, I'd be like, oh boy. But because, And by that, I mean that's, that's about the right spread. Right, right. But because it's only four and a half, and by the way, it moved down. down yeah. You know that? Yeah. You did know that. Yeah. Moved down a point. It moved down. That makes me feel good about Missouri. That's 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 how my mind works. I like that. I understand where you're coming from. So it doesn't mean that it will play out that way. Um, but that's because it, it's not absolute. If it were absolute, then people would pick up on that very easy to For recognize sure. trend and go become multi multi-millionaires by sports gambling. So it's not absolute. But in the NFL, in my experience, and I'm going to take you back to the mid-1990s since I've been tracking this, mm-hmm. it is it hits in the 75 to 80% range. So help me. Again, that's three out of four, four out of five. Certainly profitable if oh, yeah. you bet a consistent amount doing that this week's example the the most obvious one or two that were really obvious I think in the NFL but again it's the NFL 
That was the Browns mm-hmm. stomping the Bengals. Whooped that ass, yeah. And it was the Buccaneers beating the Vikings. Yeah. Those were the two where the monster amount of bets were going on the Vikings mm-hmm. and the Bengals. Yep. So I'm in this circa millions competition. You enter it for $1,000, and if you win it, you win a million dollars. Yep. I don't know how many people are in it. I got the standing. I went three and two this week. Mm-hmm. I was on the Buccaneers. I was on the Browns. Uh, Falcons. And the Falcons, a rare favorite. I rarely take favorites. That was a favorite. And then I lost on the Steelers. The Steelers were an example of the same philosophy I used to take the Browns and the Vikings. The overwhelming amount was on the 49ers. Right. So therefore, I took the Steelers. It had nothing to do with football whatsoever. It had to do with that. Yeah, it was a weird number, too. The spread on that one? Yeah, the Steelers only getting two points against an offense that's so sick. Oh, was it only two points? It was Hell, plus I don't even two. know. I just looked at the percentages on the, yeah. on the money and the, the volume of the bets. Uh, and then the other one I lost was the Patriots getting four. So I missed that by a point. They lost 25 to 20 to the Eagles. Yeah. And that's the same thing that I will. I will do, you know, from a from a gambling market standpoint, I loved Toledo this past weekend. And you might be going, are we really talking Toledo football? No, we're talking gambling. Yeah. Uh, and that's because I know Toledo's got a bunch of returning starters. Toledo's a good team. They lost a game against Illinois, um, but people will undervalue them. And that's where you kind of try. It's about value. Always. It's a, so much about value and then public perception on value. So, for example... This week, if we want to apply it and that goes into the weeds as talking about Toledo Rockets football, I'll apply it to the NFL. And I haven't looked at the numbers. I don't even know who these teams are playing. Um, I think actually Cincinnati might be playing the Steelers. No, it's the no, Browns playing the Steelers. Cincinnati's playing the, the Ravens. Ravens. Oh, it's all Thursday. AFC North. Thursday. Ooh, no. No, it's Eagles are playing. Eagles, Vikings yeah. on Thursday. The Bengals would be super undervalued right now. Yeah. And the Cowboys would be super overvalued. Over- that Bengals. doesn't mean that it will play out that way. But that's one of the ways LSU right now would be a team that people would be shorting mm-hmm. because of what happened against Florida State. Um, Alabama. Alabama might be in a different category because they're perhaps always overvalued, kind of like a Duke yeah. basketball thing. Prestige. But Alabama um, can get into that category where they could get undervalued once they play another good team. I think yeah. they're playing a, a random this weekend. So that's how I, I think through these things when it comes to to sports wagering, and honestly, you sit there, I don't even think, because it used to be, I go, God, I'm going to put money on the Cleveland Browns against the Bengals getting a point and a half. You'd have, like, anxiety firing the bullet. Now I'm like, I I don't even think twice about it. Yeah. And I'm like, I might as well bet it as well, because as weird as it is to say, I know it's going to be profitable over the long term. You're going to have games like the Steelers 49ers where it plays out like the public assume, but you're going to have a lot of those Browns Bengals and a lot of those Vikings Buccaneers and it's profitable. It's just, it's so counterintuitive. You just have to trust it at this point. Time for us to shut it down. BK and Ferrario are up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.